Hello everyone, my name is Andrew Montlake, you can call me Monty, and I'm delighted to welcome you to the fourth episode of Pathfinders. The Pathfinder podcast is all about the journeys we take in business and in our life. It's about the fact that the destination is not the be-all and end-all, it's the paths we take along the way that is a real journey. It is this that defines us and makes us who we are today. I've always loved talking to people, and in doing so over the years, and especially so recently, I've found that many have remarkable stories to tell. Stories that we can all learn from and relate to, that will make you look differently at that person when you learn about their real journey, rather than the one we all assume. So I'm setting out to meet real people who've inspired me, both within the mortgage, property and finance industry, and outside it, to hear their stories and learn from the paths they have taken, the successes and failures that have led them to become who they are today. We all have a story to tell, and perhaps their story will resonate with yours and make you realise that you are never alone. We are all pathfinders finding our way in the world. Today's guest is someone who is incredibly well respected in the financial services industry and is a leading light and role model for many women in finance. Esther Dextra has been at Lloyds Banking Group for almost a decade now. Formerly Director of Strategic Partnerships and now the Managing Director of Intermediaries. Esther began her career in management consultancy with IBM in the Netherlands and moved to the UK in 2000. She previously worked for Legal in General where she was Commercial and Marketing Director at the LNG Network and UK Mortgage Club and has been described as one of the best managers I have worked for in my 25-year career by a previous employee. To say I have always enjoyed Esther's company is an understatement. Intelligent, articulate, passionate, authentic, and, well, good fun, actually. Uh, So I'm delighted to have her with me today. This is the Pathfinder podcast. May the path you take be the right one for you. Hello, Esther. Hello. Oh, thank you. That's such a lovely introduction. That was good. I was quite proud of that introduction. Thank you. Yeah. Now I have to live up to it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure you will. There's no pressure. Chat amongst friends. No Mm -hmm. one's listening. Don't worry. worry. Um, So I always start off with the same question, actually, which is just how are you? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. What's going on at the moment? Well, I'm a little bit wet because I've been <laughs> cycling to the just cycled to the studios because um, uh, in my um, quest for being better to the environment, yeah. I've um, decided to cycle when I'm in London. That's and very impressive. Yeah, and and you have to kind of commit to it because yeah. if you think, oh, it's a bit windy, rainy, then you don't do it. So because it always <laughs> well, is certainly but windy, yeah. rainy yeah. today. So, uh, but no, otherwise I'm really good. Thank you. Good. I'd like to be able to cycle, actually, but mm-hmm. I get I get too nervous. Yeah, don't you I, get scared yeah. of the traffic in London? Am I just a? No, I totally I totally get it. It's but I'm Dutch, so right, cy- yeah. cycling is in my blood. It genuinely is, and I must say, the first time I went on the bike in London, I was like, oh, I've really missed this, and it was just really nice. And it it's a very yeah, it's a very good way if you're confident to go around the yeah. city. And I know my way now. I find yeah. my way with the traffic. So it's it's easier for me. I wouldn't say it's for everybody. <laughs> Give it a go if you, yeah. I'll you try it. Yeah. I'll try it. I'm on the Peloton now. Mm. So that's oh, a start. Oh, yes. That's, that's, that's a, a good start. Yeah. 
Um, so anyway, we're not here to talk about cycling. So you're very important these days. You've <laughs> always been very important. But do you want to give us a flavour of what your what your job entails now? Is there mm -hmm. is there a typical day? Mm -hmm. and, oh. and how how do you manage your time? Mm. Oh, very good questions. Um, so what the job entails is um, it's quite a broad role uh, intermediaries in Lloyd's Banking Group because A, there are multiple brands. So it's both the Halifax BM Solutions and Scottish Widows Bank. So it goes across a lot of the market, residential, buy-to-let, um, and, you know, the specialist sector to a certain extent yeah. as well. And but then I also have all the supporting functions like some operations in there, you know, broker onboarding, etc., marketing. But I also have the housing development team who look after the major relationships, uh, after the relationships with the major builders, which is another big part. And I guess that's what the role really is, is to look at housing rather than just mm. mortgages or yeah. just the brands. And um, making sure that, you know, for me, ultimately, we would want everybody in the UK to live in a quality, sustainable home. That That's yeah. as simple as it is. Be that because people are uh, could be in social housing in a private rented sector or owner occupiers. Um, and that's basically what I try to do with, with, with a lot, you know, with a very good team. Mm. And in terms of my days, well, you know, <laughs> it's um, every week is a different week. Yeah. Uh, I still I still really like to go out and see brokers. So I do that, you know, most weeks as well, because I do feel uh, because I was uh, on the stand the other week at uh, one of the major conferences. I won't name any name. And it's just really good because you can quite easily when you work for a big corporate and have a big important role yeah. uh, that you never get down. You know, mm. th that's where it really matters. That's where it really yeah, happens. Absolutely. All I do is, you know, ultimately, hopefully influence some people to to change that conversation, you know, mm. between a broker and a customer and, you know, uh, getting the customer's minds of how they can get onto the housing ladder. So every day is different. Every week is different. Uh, and I have a very supportive team and, you know, we just carve out what what the priorities are. There are some set meetings, but then there's yeah. a lot of travel and a lot of, you know, yeah. different things. Do you have like quick stand-up meetings? Oh, I <laughs> wish. No. no, in that sense, we're, well, we're trying to really change that sort of um, culture of too many committees, etc., yeah. and do a lot of our teams in that sense, which I do think drives a bit more efficiency yeah. because you kind of go through an agenda pace um not sure if it's always effective that's a big thing for me because mm. you you it's diff a different impact different uh, thing so uh no yeah a mixture mixture of everything okay so as you know this podcast is all about journeys yes the paths you've taken along the way mm. um and i always start with early life and family background and so you grew up in the Netherlands yeah uh, so can you paint a picture of what that was mm. like was it was it typical town or was it rural or uh, what was very rural was it um yes so I'm from the ruralist if that's a word <laughs> part, <laughs> the of the, yeah, part of that's the Netherlands um 
Yeah, think more Wales. Right, yes, okay. yeah. So um, very tiny village. I think in that like two thousand. Well, first bit was in a slightly bigger village, about twenty thousand people, and then we moved to a tiny village with two thousand people. Right. So it was oh, very wow. rural, yeah. very small. It's a country girl. Country girl. Yeah, country bumpkin, and I have—I still have in Dutch a really uh, an accent. I do. You? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's so, really uh, interesting. I have that in English as well, so you know, <laughs> just, you know, keep a common <laughs> thread. Yeah. So, what was growing up in the, it uh, like then? What mm. was so what was little girl Esther? Like? Yeah. Um, well, my parents were—they um, had their own business, so yeah. they um, sold uh, electrical goods. Uh, you know, back that was uh, the big era of that. And um, that's, I think, why also I still like that sort of entrepreneurial business feel yeah. because I remember that. Um, but my mum always worked. She worked six days a week because the shop yeah. was open on Saturdays as well. And um, so they were both hard workers from that perspective. But my mum in particular, because she still also did everything in the house, the childcare, right, yeah. the cooking, yeah. the washing, the you know. So uh, it, it was, um, yeah, a real role model in that sense. And I think I was always very determined and always very, uh, I, I kind of knew from a very young age that that village, you know, boats actually were too small for me. I, yeah. I had that zest for adventure, wanted yeah. to get out. Um, and I was also from an early age, I think, if you can say that, quite clever. I just loved to read. I loved mm. numbers. So I didn't, you know, when girlfriends would do, friends uh, uh, were doing um, like things with beats, creative things. Right. I would just make rows and sequences and, you know, <laughs> patterns and stuff like that. So I was never, yeah, I was never, and I never had that whole, you know, a lot of, um, even as we grew up, sort of talking about wanting to get married or stuff. Right. And I never had that. That was like, no, yeah. no way. I was fiercely independent. I was going to say, very independent. Very independent, age. very adventurous yeah. and was it just very you? driven. Did you have brothers, sisters? I have an older brother. Yeah. And he's completely the opposite. Is he? So, yes. He's, crea yes. he's a creative one. No, uh, no, actually, no. We have no creative. No, we, we completely skipped that in the family. <laughs> uh, no, he's actually quite technical. Right. But he sort of married his, you know, secondary school sweetheart, never moved, you know, lived yeah. sort of oh, next wow. door to where we grew up. Whilst, yeah. you know, we'll talk about probably later what happened to the family. So everybody left the area except my brother, who <laughs> rooted down That's very, very young, never moved, yeah. still, you know, very, yeah, sort of, uh, yeah. So in that sense, very opposite and probably a bit more uh, relaxed than I am yeah. because I'm a very driven, driven person. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and that was always, I guess, in my DNA. <laughs> so what what did you want to be then? What what's sort of the first thing you remember you wanted to be? Well, the very when, first when thing, up. very first thing is I wanted to be a prima ballerina. I remember you telling me that. Yes. Yeah. So I uh, did try for the academy, and I right. first okay. got in just after um, primary school. However, at that point, my mum said, because I was also selected for a selective grammar school, yeah, just yeah. Uh, call that the equivalent. And I think my mum thought, yeah, do I, does she become a ballet teacher or <laughs> do yeah. I want her to get a, you know, a university degree? So she said, well, maybe next year. So I then did a year in the 
grammar school then went again for the addition and they said they had a conversation well this is at least what my mum has taught me because I wasn't privy of the conversation I'm still convinced that they wanted me as a prima ballerina <laughs> but according to my mum they had said that I wasn't talented enough to become the prima right. but that I could become a teacher at which point my mum said no you're staying at the school yeah. and and just have it as a hobby um but yeah, I still do ballet, and I was actually in a you show. Still do it. Yeah, I was actually in a show last Sunday in a little festival. Yeah, in uh, one of the smaller, quite. smaller theatres, doing yeah. a classical piece. So really? uh, yeah, yeah. I'd love to see that. So you can still go on your tippy toes and. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still can do that, but don't you know <laughs> to, to, to set the expectations. <laughs> this is sort of a group of. Uh, 50 plus ladies who just have right. a lot of fun and you know we do value your art and we're quite serious about yeah. it we, we no, do rehearse a lot but yeah so. so that's a lot of discipline and fitness mm. and yeah yeah Excellent. flexibility yeah. yeah so uh yeah yeah that's really good <laughs> there you go learned, learned something <laughs> yeah, already yeah, yeah but that was the first thing i really wanted and then very soon after that didn't happen um I always wanted to be the captain of the Rainbow Warrior. For those of you who don't know, that's the one oh, of the, the, the Greenpeace green ships. Yeah. yeah. And I really, um, I Is was. That the re one, that's the one that got sunk. It, uh, it did, but they have yeah. a new one. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And, and still, I think still one day I would like that. Yes. Mm. Yes. And so the whole green. Agenda yes. and Greenpeace, that's very close to your heart. Yeah, it was. And I was thinking about why why that was. But my mum was was already a bit into mm. it. Um, you know, very into, you know, growing her own food and healthy stuff. And although they also had their diesel cars standing, yeah. you know, yeah. on the drive, to yeah. be fair. Uh, but no, but even with that, she was always take the bike if you can, you know, walk if you can. She was quite conscious I would mm. say in that space so I think it was partly that and partly the animals I've always loved animals as well so yeah. you know when you're uh, younger that that's sort of what appeals as well rescuing yeah. polar bears and you know that sort oh, of uh, that's yeah. lovely yeah so I did demonstrate with Greenpeace when the when they wanted to drill in the Arctic so yeah. uh, I was uh, part here of the big demonstration and excellent yeah I still tr I try and do my bit yeah, uh, yeah. good uh, you, so you mentioned you were very driven mm. from your, where where do you think that that came from yeah it's quite interesting i think it's it's innate it's sort of in me and i think it's i don't know if perfectionists are born or if that is something in your early childhood yeah. that you just it, uh, if i really break it down if we really go like um uh, uh, psychological, I guess. It's probably my father was a um, typical, you know, quite uh, high, how do you say that? Um, perhaps not the most friendliest person, very sort of, yeah, hard upbringing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, probably down from how his upbringing yeah, was yeah. so very you, you were never good enough that was basically what it was you were never good enough and um he was very shouty as well so there was a lot of you know you lazy blah yeah, blah yeah, blahs yeah. um and i think you know my reaction to that probably was to become you know to overachieve mm. also i think my brother that we briefly mentioned probably decided not to fight it at all if you see yeah. what i mean and sort of 
yeah, uh, yeah. I'm seeing a lot of parallels in my family. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and I think that that was just me was just always trying to please yeah. in that sense him, um, and yeah, and do better, do more, do better, mm. go higher, and then yeah. If you reflect, if you set your own standards, which is what I do, yeah. and you set them very high, that's then when you always try to mm. achieve more. So, uh, and it's sort of, yeah, um, I, this is a really funny thing. You know, we all grew, grow up thinking we're super unique because that's what you do as a human. And I found out I wasn't unique when my daughter um, got Lego friends. <laughs> And Lego Friends is uh, has um, characters yeah. with stories, yeah, yeah. and one of the Lego characters was me. <laughs> She's the ballerina and the horse rider. I'm also a horse rider, and the one who doesn't hang out with the girly girlfriends, yeah. doing the hair and doing the singing and the you know the makeup <laughs> and the beads, and the one who's a little bit you know on the side. And yeah, that was me. That's so. You have your own. Esther, Lego Friends character. Yeah, well, I think... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not many people can say that. Yeah, well, I think you will find that it's based on a lot of people. <laughs> that's when I realised, oh, yeah, it's not just me. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So you said that your biggest influence was your mother, mm -hmm. I read. And, yeah. And a great example of combining work, family, and I read somewhere you said being fearless, authentic, and staying curious. Mm -hmm. Is that similar to how you've approached your life and your career then yeah i i am i'm so grateful for that she was that in that sense that role model within i guess the constraints of her time because mm. she was still you know um yeah left well made basically you were sacked in your first job when because she was a carer right for for and then they start well she did the combined role of and running the business and caring in the early days of the business so she was like working in the shop you know from nine till four and then yeah putting uh, i think she taught me my brother had to go to be bed at 6 p.m because she then had to do an evening shift as a nurse still oh, wow and then sleep a couple of hours and repeat and yeah. do that six days a week so that was pretty big investment full on, yeah. full on. um but but i think she did it when it, in the constraints of her time what i mean by that is she probably you know if she yeah had been able to be more independent whatever i think she would have done even mm. more with her life but there were yeah expectations constraints and yeah but she was always hurt she would not conform to um you know because all the shopkeepers in the village had a certain particularly the wife's off because that's was still how it was structured yeah, in the yeah. 80s you know go to the hairdresser every week and sort of have certain images and and there's nothing wrong with that but my mum just didn't conform with that she mm. was just her and you know um did the things she wanted um and was very adventurous um and that's yeah definitely allowed me to look for that freedom so i yeah. knew straight away once i'd done the grammar school i want to go away from yeah. here yeah go to big city yeah. and then travel the world and yeah that's what i yeah. did and yeah you know in that sense it gave yeah. me that freedom to do that yeah it's really interesting so bright lights big city what was your what, what were your first jobs 
I know you went to Amsterdam and... Yes, yeah. So I studied economics, as I said, always good with numbers and, and then travelled for a year around the world. Yeah. So that was a great experience and then landed in Amsterdam because you've then seen the world. Mm. Um and my first job there was basically to earn money. Um, was sort of a combination of receptionist PA at a, uh, you would now call it a, well, it was a startup tech firm. It right. was okay. uh, doing, um, they actually did all the internet cables and what have you ever, which was which was uh, probably, you know, my I was very overqualified for the job, yeah. but it was a small business. It had, 20 people when I started because I did the phone list as well. That was one <laughs> and I think uh, by the time I left, it was sort to KPN, like one of the bigger, and it had about 150 people. But I just had a great time in Amsterdam, if I'm really <laughs> honest. That's yeah. why I might not have as vigorously applied for jobs because um, it was just a great culture, great young team and you know growing yeah. business and we would just go out uh, a lot of nights and yeah and then after sort of six to nine months I was like oh yeah no I need to I, I need to do something mm. serious so that's when I went to IBM because they had at the time um, a lot of the management consultancy they, they were setting up the services division and growing that and so they were doing academies where you could, uh, you know, roll in, get yeah. your training, and then you would be placed as a, a management consultant. So that's what I did then. Mm. So so when did you make the move from there into FS? Or was that, was that it, before you came to the UK? Yeah, it was already in IBM, because even though you're a management consultant, they say which sector do you have right, the most okay. affiliation with? Okay. And for me, that was... But, um, they called it bank assurance because yeah. in the Netherlands at the time, all the banks also had insurance companies. So I was immediately went into the bank assurance sector. So mm. um, so I did like stints as an analyst, etc., in insurance companies and banks and yeah. wrote proposals for, you know, did yeah, that sort of work. So I was straight away because I had, uh, you know, because I was an economist, um, it made a lot of sense. To, yeah. Yeah associated with that sector than anything else so that's what i already got into that mm. um into that sector if that makes sense yeah and so when was uh, when did you decide to come to come here what, yeah what was, what was that decision yeah process? so that's um a big move it is, and it's a bit of an interest. Well, it's a, a it's a bit bit of a disappointing answer, maybe, but then an interesting <laughs> journey right. as it was. So, um, my my husband, who I met at uni and went travelling with, etc., he got a job in Amsterdam, literally, you know, temp job with a bank, ABN yeah. Amro, and um, he had a law degree, and so he just did, you know, contract law effectively. But it was in sort of a tiny unit. I think there were only three people. And that was actually investment banking. Right. Oh, wow. So in the London office, they noticed him and they needed more people because this is the heydays um, yeah. of investment banking. And they said, oh, why don't you come over? So he wanted to do that. But this is when we were 25. Uh, and, and when I just had started at IBM but my father had died the day before I started right, okay he um had a heart attack so that was yeah yeah so that was it so I was still not 
in a good space, if you yeah. see what I mean. Because even though you're, you know, I was, yeah, living, you know, on my own and had a job and not dependent, mm. it was still a bit of shock yeah. when you're, That's you hard. know, it's yeah. still relatively young. You don't realize yeah. that, but you no, have no is. peers yeah. who. So I was still sort of going through that process of, you know, landing all of that. And also my parents um, had separated um, a bit before that. So, you know, there was the winding up of mm. all, all uh, the estate, etc. So, yeah, so I wasn't ready to move. So he moved to the UK and that was probably in one of the toughest years because I was still processing the grief. And then, you know, mm. he was over in the UK and he was in this London world of, mm. and it truly was, as you've seen yeah. in the, the films. So what year was that? Um, so that must have been 98, right, 98, okay. 99, yeah. yeah. So it was like a, a slightly tamer Wolf of Wall Street. Yes, right? yes, in yeah, Paris. it was. <laughs> yeah. But it was a little bit like yeah. that. Um, there was a lot of champagne and you <laughs> yeah. know, that sort yeah. of stuff. So, But I had, of course, no idea of what that world was like. So mm. there was a lot of, you know, it was quite hard because we tried to see each other every other weekend. But when you have no feel for each other, you know, for yeah. his world, and I was still doing, you know, yeah. that was slightly messy year. So after that year, I was like, yeah, this is make or break. So I... I was like, fine, I'll move to London. Mm. Um, so I talked to my boss at IBM in the Netherlands and he said, oh, we want to keep you. There is an IBM there. See if you can get some interviews. So I got some interviews and they then just transferred right. me over effectively uh, when I was successful. So I continued in the, actually that was the insurance sector at the time because they had it split in the UK. Mm. Um, yeah, where I continued my consultancy days. So how did you find that going from where you were to the the London lifestyle and Yeah, it was it was exciting but the first year was really tough as well cuz when you move countries a, you know, there are cultural differences, even though the Dutch and the English are very close. Yeah, you, we yeah. are quite similar. Yeah, it's similar, but still very but different. Very different. So <laughs> yeah. you have to learn a lot of things. Then yeah. London is a phenomenal city, but it's also a hard city. You know, mm. you have to, yeah, make your own way, if you see what I mean. It's not a very friendly city. It's not like no, you're not landing in a village where people will make you, you hi, know, yes, hi and yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have to work at making friends, finding your space, you know, getting to grips with it all and, you know, with the job and... Mm. And particularly in a company like IBM, you know, 99% of the people in a company like that are there to make a career. They all yeah. have good educations. They're all, so it's quite a competitive environment, mm. a high pressured environment. And, you know, so it was, it was, I found it a hard year, but also really exhilarating. I do remember moments when I was walking in London and this is, you know, the little country girl reflecting on, wow, I'm in this big metropole. <laughs> yeah. And I felt freedom because I remember walking around and thinking, no one knows where I am and it doesn't matter what yeah. you look like. doesn't matter who you are. It, that, that, it gave me, in that sense, an enormous feeling of freedom and opportunity. That's brilliant. I really like that. And then, and then where, where, what was your career path from then? 
So in consultancy, um, they, I mean, it's phenomenal what they do in terms of training you. Mm. So they invest a lot in, in their people in terms of skills, both hard skills, soft skills. So I had about four or five years of lots of, you know, um, yeah, training in terms of program management, in terms of, you know, uh, writing skills or influencing styles, all sorts of, uh, and did, you know, mm. projects um, that were really interesting with big insurance companies, big banks, etc. But then after five years, I realized you kind of then need to really get into the career consultancy. So mm. that means a lot of, um, it was still in those days very hierarchical. So you have to do a lot yeah. of, um, you know, Working with more seniors and doing stuff for them. And I, yeah, I wasn't fantastic yeah. at that, I would say. <laughs> I always had my own opinion. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of realized it was um, time to, to make a change. And they had, um, they do that quite often because they like new, new people to come in as well. So they did a big voluntary redundancy. So I put my hand up, you know, got some money. And then went into the industry, as it called. So, yeah. and that's how I ended up with Legal in General. Yeah. Because they were, were doing an intake, this will make you laugh, uh, of bright young things. <laughs> I'm sure you were a bright young thing. So, uh, so that's uh, how I, yeah, applied, you know, yeah. you just basically sift through lots of CVs, interview mm. people. And um, mm. and I started there in change because that's the the... Um, the most closest sort of when you've done consultancy right. change yeah. management. Yeah. So that was uh, how I got introduced first into the uh, broker market effectively mm. because that was for, the, it was the IFA team at the time because this was 2003. So that right, was even okay. pre-MCOP days yeah. um, where, you know, remember businesses were still, yeah, doing both wealth and, yeah. Uh, yeah, mortgages yeah. as well so it was yeah. more an IFA type division where I was the change manager and I got a change team mm. to you know make things better for brokers and I do I will apologize to if there's any broker listening uh, to was a bit overconfident maybe came walked into I won't name the name of the firm <laughs> big firm and just went like you know hi let me let me tell you how to run your firm because I'm <laughs> you know well yeah, look you can come into mine and do that any day <laughs> I think that's what I need <laughs> so yeah there was uh so occasionally some feedback <laughs> of, you know that's brilliant yeah and then and then from there to Lloyd's Banking Group. Yeah, so um, in legal in general, I had a really rich career in terms of they were very good at, at supporting if you wanted, um, you know, to, to move on, do different things. So I then got into mm. account management, a bit more change again, and then started getting bigger, bigger roles. Uh, definitely, you know, they set up that housing, which you still see a lot of today in terms yeah. of, you know, legal in general have sort of tentacles in every part of the yeah. housing uh, market. Yeah. So I was one of the first ones when that was set up to do a, um, a role there. And then um, Lloyd's Banking Group poached me in the sense that they had hunted me away because they wanted to do protection in the intermediary space. They had 
um, stop that. I can't remember the, when they stopped that and uh, they wanted to relaunch or yeah, reintroduce. Mm. So that's when I launched Scottish Widows Protect into yeah. the market first. Yeah. So that's probably now, what, six years ago or so, I would say. Yeah, okay. six, seven years ago. And then, um, and then Mike Jones, who I knew all the way from, you know, when I started at in legal mm. and general um, talking to brokers, um, yeah, he then, then um, said, yeah, I would like you to be part mm. of the management team. So, uh, and he had a couple of jobs. So that's how it, yeah. How and the, the rest career, is history. And the rest is history, yeah. So it's interesting. So, so, so Mike took you across, did you? Uh, and obviously we talk a lot about mm -hmm. diversity, inclusivity, mm -hmm. women in finance, et cetera, et cetera. Um, how did you find that? Did, did you ever feel that not just as a as a woman, but mm -hmm. also a Dutch mm -hmm. woman, mm -hmm. you had to work harder? Were there issues? Were there, was mm -hmm. there Dutchism? Mm -hmm. I think I can mm -hmm. call it that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How there, did you there, deal with yeah, all that? Yeah, definitely. There definitely was because I even remember as IBM, a good friend, mate of mine who, who also worked there, and I worked my socks off and, you know, and I said to him, and then he was promoted, and, I, and then he was a quite a relaxed guy. And I right, was like, okay. Andrew, tell me, you know, why is this? And he was like, well, you're Dutch and you're a bit, you know, extrovert and, you know, yeah. you're a bit different. He said, I just fit the mold. <laughs> and yeah. yeah. So I, I do feel I had to work a bit harder to mm. just deliver, always focus on, on making sure I deliver. Um no, there will have definitely been moments in my career where, yeah, where you think, what's that? You know, I had two children as well, so yeah. you're out of, of work for yeah. a while. And it's hard, you know, when you come back, um, it's a lot of, yeah, energy to find your feet again mm. and to, um, you know, to deal with motherhood as it were as well, because balancing, you know, a family and yeah. work is, is still, is still yeah. hard. So in that sense, yeah, there will have been moments. Um, but on the other hand, I've also been someone who, you know, you, you, you have to make the most of the opportunities that are there. So mm. I was always a firm believer in you create your own path. Yes, you, I yeah. had to work harder, but you just go and do it. So that's what yeah. I did. And there are people that support you. And Mike is an example mm. of someone who's always, always supported mm. me and was very adamant as well, wanting me in, in certain roles. And Gary Burchett at Legal in General was another one mm. of those people who always, um, you know, made sure, yeah, that I was looked after yeah. and, yeah, uh, got progression. Yeah, it's interesting. In most people's stories, there's always a couple of key people who see something in someone a little bit different. Um, and... It's it's interesting because I look at our environment and my business and and what we do and, and obviously I've never been in a corporate environment. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure mm -hmm. I do very well in a corporate <laughs> environment. Like you, I have my own opinion. Um, and actually, we we look out for someone who's mm. who's different, who thinks differently, mm -hmm. who's mm -hmm. um, a little bit impatient to mm -hmm. get to mm -hmm. certain levels. That's that's sort of what we look for, rather than someone who just wants to. Mm -hmm. plod along and fit the mold so yeah. to speak mm -hmm. so so it does seem to be very different yeah it is i think i i guess you get that as well in a corporate but it's it's you know because it's a bigger system and yeah. there, it is a, a pyramid shaped in that sense you do have that competition almost yeah. You? yeah yeah and that 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 maybe 
you know, there for people. And we all do. You are a bit more inclined to recruit, uh, you know, someone who is similar to you because you do yeah. have to work with them an awful lot of hours. So I'd never recruit anyone similar to me. <laughs> be a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but I guess, yeah, but you tend to still sneakily do. Yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. it's that you, you unconscious tend to, bias. Yeah, it thing, is. It, it is an unconscious bias. And yeah. um, I think that was more prevalent sort of 10 years ago. I think it, a mm. lot, you know, in that sense, things have changed in the last uh, five years. Mm. Yeah. So it's good things are changing. So, so what advice would you give to young females looking mm -hmm. into this industry or... Mm -hmm thinking, oh, there's no way I can balance motherhood and, and work and mm -hmm. get to where I want to get to. Yeah, it's, um, oh, lots of tips. It, But you have to believe in yourself because mm. that is, you know, because only you can believe in yourself. So that that's where it starts. And But definitely go for it. I see a lot of women that hold themselves back a bit because they are worried about yeah. you know, mixing it, etc. And I would say go for it because you can always go back. I know that's, you know, not something people yeah. want to do, but it's not that bad if you have to say, hey, I, I tried and yeah. it wasn't for me. Yeah. Um, so I, I definitely say give to go. And then I have loads of other tips like, you know, be shameless in asking for support, support mm. because you need it, particularly totally when you have a family. So I reached out to, you know, and it partly helps that I'm Dutch. So I don't have the, um, mm. you know, <laughs> some of the cultural inhibitions that some yeah. British people might have in asking for help or approaching it. But I would just ask every, you know, from neighbors to family members to, you know, people at the school gates, work colleagues, just, yeah. yeah, just ask for support in whichever way, you know, do a pickup, can they, you know, come over, do some food shopping, mm. whatever it is. Um, definitely, it helps to, I've always got myself a mentor or a coach or a whatever mm. you want to call it, always. It was partly because it's one of the things in management consultancy they train you in to say, you yeah. know, make sure you have got your stakeholders as it were for uh, you know to if you look at yourself as your own business Esther Dextra PLC to get you know a good group around you yeah. so some people who can yeah support you sponsor you um, yeah but mentor you coach you uh, and that's I think that really helps as well um, mm. so that you have people who look who help you look after your career and then you have people who can help you look after the sort of, yeah, the nuts and bolts of family life. Yeah. And yeah. then look after yourself. That's a big one as well. So, um, and I had to um, draw my lines quite clearly. You know, there were a couple of moments. Um, I remember where meetings would come in, at, uh, you know, after five. And there was a, a whole period in my career where I couldn't because I was doing, my husband was doing the mornings and I mm. did, you know, um, yeah. Uh, we had au pairs. We had every form of childcare you can imagine. So, but it meant I had to leave sort of the city when you still worked in the office at yeah. five, and I just had to say I had just had to decline the meetings, and I had just had to be brutal about it. Yeah. And I remember getting a phone call. Um, I won't name the manager once saying, because um, clearly was tipped off that I had declined this meeting right, okay. and tried to find someone else to cover it. Uh, if I was not. Um, yeah, like taking the topic serious enough or something like that. And I just had to be very sort of clear to say, listen, I'm really sorry. 
you know, I might log on in the evenings again mm. or if that's necessary, but I need to leave at five. I can't do the call. I'm really sorry. Yeah. It's just what it is. And, you know, <laughs> take it or leave it. And uh, it was fine. I think they realized, okay, uh, of course, they, they, because some if people don't have that responsibility, they don't realize the practicalities no, of it. Yeah. And I said, in an emergency, I can stay, but I can't do that to the au pair or the nanny yeah. or the chart minder yeah. or whoever I had at that point in time yeah. to, uh, yeah, to, to always be, you know, late, etc. because, you know, that's not fair to them. So, mm. uh, and when you explain that, I think people get that. People get that. Yeah, I, th I think so. A lot more so now mm. than probably even yeah. five years yeah. ago, actually. So... One of the best managers I've ever had. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. So how would you describe your management style and, and what makes a good manager mm. and to that end a good leader, I guess? Mm. Um, are you are you direct? Because obviously the, mm -hmm. the Dutch that I know from mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. watching a lot of yes. uh, footballers who yeah. are Dutch, they yeah. tend to fit in the Dutch national mm -hmm. team. If you look at football, <laughs> they always tend to argue with each other because they're very direct. Mm -hmm. Um, is that you or, or mm -hmm. are you more empathetic or, and, and how have you changed mm. your management style? <laughs> it's good that you asked that. Um, so yeah, I, d you know, I, d I think that the real key of leadership is you have to believe in your people mm. and you have to, totally ha agree. you know, and you have to trust them. And that's easier said than done. People yeah. might say, oh, that's really obvious. Well, it's not because you really genuinely have obvious to, to say, but Obvious to, to say, but do. hard to do. Yeah. Um, so that for me is one of the core things because that means you are a lot less controlling, involved, setting, you know, because I, I yeah, I'm fortunate enough to be in a position where I have a phenomenal leadership team that, you know, will, yeah, will, mm. will run their own businesses, if you see what I mean. But, um, yeah, but it didn't all start that way. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I will uh, tell you a funny story. So when I came, this was when I first came into legal in general, because I came through the management consultancy, very career-driven people, mm. etc. didn't manage a lot of people there. So that was started at legal in general. And I was still my driven self. And um, I quite quickly, uh, I had a, a little sort of corner office and I was uh, nicknamed the bitch in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, I know that hurt. When I found out yeah. that it hurt a little bit and I quite quickly realised that with me sort of stomping in and saying, I, you know, sharing, freely sharing my opinion. Yeah. That people weren't really warming to that. <laughs> that that was not how how you make people. That's hard. You know, that yeah. Is. Yeah. It was a harsh lesson. So I very, very quickly learned uh, because you have to imagine, you know, that was at that time still an insurance company mm. where people largely had jobs for 30, 40 years. Yeah. And they would, you know, every day come in, do their little thing, be really proud of that and, you know, have their own stapler with their name on, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. Yeah. So now I came in there, you know, sort of whirlwind of, oh, yeah, we need to think much more ambitiously and blah, blah, you yeah. know. And of course, that was always going to be a bit tricky. And uh, so I learned very, very fast. Oh, that's not how you motivate people. So. I really, and it, I think it's, uh, I'm very grateful for it because I think in my 
you know, zest for, yeah, that sort of that what we talked about before, achieving things mm. and being very driven and setting very high standards, that empathy side had probably sort of taken a backseat. Mm. And I didn't realise, oh, yeah, actually, I don't like that. I, want, I don't want to be known as the bitch in the corner. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and I find people really interesting. So let's just focus more on that. And that's mm. what I started to do to... You know, show a real interest in people rather than focus on yeah. what's the task. But an authentic one rather than... Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think I always had that because if you're me, you kind of kind of have to be me. Otherwise, trying to make it different yeah. never really okay. worked. Yeah. <laughs> no. Tried that a tiny while it didn't <laughs> yeah. work. Um, so, yeah, so I just, you know, was and I was naturally interested in people curious in that sense and that's how I then learned oh yeah that that does you know if you connect with people and see mm. how they what they want and yeah um mm. support them in getting wherever they want to get to whatever that is that mm. yeah that works a lot better yeah that comes across in droves I always from the very moment I met you you're just down to earth mm. and honest and it's so refreshing mm. Thank that you. really comes across. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. We're going great guns. <laughs> <laughs> I think, we're, I, I'm not sure we've got that much time left. This is so much mm. I could ask you. But I was, I was interested in a couple of things and actually asked Richard, my last guest, this. Mm -hmm. I'm quite interested in what your response would be. So what is your definition of success? Mm. Where, do you, where do you feel actually you can look back and go, yeah, that's... I've, I've made it or mm. someone who's driven mm. to yeah. achieve mm -hmm. where's where does that where does that stop it's a very good question but a bit of an irritating one isn't it yeah, <laughs> yeah. when you're so driven you almost don't want to stop yeah no yeah. exactly yeah. exactly it's um you know what i pondered about it a lot and then i thought <sighs> I don't know. And this is what why the podcast is great, how you set it up. It's more about the journey. Yeah. Enjoy it in the mm. journey. And that's what I try to do more and more is just enjoy what I'm doing. I do think it's really important that you keep connecting to the deeper why. And I think if I look at my career... I think initially it was independence because mm. I needed that, the shackles of the little yeah. village. But yeah. also, um, you know, when my parents divorced, uh, my mum didn't have any assets in her name. So she then had to work really right. hard okay. to build up a life again. So yeah. I realised, yeah, I wanted that independence. So that was first what drove me. And then I think when my father died, I did realise how important roots in a home are. So I think that mm. made that connection with if you look at where I am now, there mm. is some real logic, some real deeper whys in yeah, there, why I'm brilliant. driven. Yeah. And then I think now it's a lot more about, you know, I have a daughter, son as well, but, um, you know, and I, a lot of my friends have come to me and said, Esther, you can do it. You know, you've got, you know, the education, the career to, yeah, be that role model for a lot of women, mm. for our daughters to, to yeah, you know, absolutely. that to, to um, yeah. And that's what drives me a lot now. It's sort of, you know, supporting, yeah. Uh, and, and the whole wider, for me, it's not just about gender. It's just, yeah, in my yeah. Uh, life that that fits very well. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, for me, that's an important driver. And I don't think there's an end to that, if you see what I mean. No. Who knows? Yeah. And I, I think I've learned, I used to be someone who looks a lot ahead. And I think, you know, you can plan whatever you want, but life will throw in. We've yeah. been the last three years. We've definitely seen that. Yeah. Uh, not just, you know, it, it's, yeah, the world is such a different place now. So just enjoy it. Mm. Enjoy the ride. It's good advice. Enjoy the ride. Um, so what's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Um, well, <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure that's uh, for the camera uh, or for the, <laughs> for the for a recording um, in terms of... Um, no, I, 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 it, it is, again, one that's easy to say but not so easy to do, but it is be yourself, be yeah. authentic. That just... and But that's harder when you don't fit the mold. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, um, I get that. I remember, you know... Uh, crying once for a boss and um, he was a bit shocked and he was trying to sort of, you know, he, he responded well, but then he was a bit like, you know, maybe you shouldn't do that. And I was like, well, that's me. That's, you know, mm. you just have to, yeah, embrace that and be yeah. your, you know, totally even in those, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. And final question. Mm -hmm. If you could meet one person in history, alive or dead. Mm-hmm. Who would it be and what would you ask him? Well, I thought about that. And I think it's one of those questions where I think, no, I don't want to go back in history. I reflect, but no, history for me, sort of done. Mm. I like looking forward in the future, but actually I like to live more in the moment. So I want to be here with you. Oh, and enjoy the moment. That's brilliant. Because you've done great as well. <laughs> and so that should be celebrated as well. That's so. the best answer. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, I've really enjoyed this. Thank, thank you. you. And I thank you for it. being so open and so Esther. <laughs> thank you. Thank, thank you so you. much. So thank you very much. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. If you like this, do pass it on to others. Please leave a review in your chosen podcast app. We have lots more fun, exciting, interesting guests to come over the course of the rest of this year and I'm sure you'll be interested to hear their stories and their journeys and the paths they've taken to get where they are today. This is the Pathfinder podcast. May the path you take.